0: hey everybody uh, welcome to this week's podcast this is our second in our uh, scarlett johansson duology last week we did uh, under the skin uh jonathan glazer's 2013 movie and this is spike jones's i believe also 2013 uh her which really stars joaquin phoenix but stars scarlett johansson as much as it stars uh joaquin phoenix peter welcome welcome she's uh only it's only
1: right. It's her voice only in this film, as opposed to her body only in the last film.
0: Right, she she doesn't speak practically in the other one. This is the mathematical inverse, I think, of Under the Skin. This film,
1: right, and she's way more human, even though she's not human in this either.
0: Right. Uh, do you want to give us a brief uh, summary?
1: Sure. So this movie is. Do you like the way that I
0: say brief every single week? <laughs> well, you're trying to guide.
1: You're trying to steer me so I don't do like a twenty minute. Summary that you know is a little distracted, like normally. Um, so uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays a sort of a lonely Theodore Twombly, yeah, Theodore Twombly or Twombly, whatever. He's uh, he's sort of a somewhat dysthymic, uh, lonely guy who is going through a divorce, um, in the sort of recent past, and um, he He has really not too many. He's got really one friend. um, And he installs a new piece of software that's an artificially intelligent uh, operating system. That's the voice of Scarlett Johansson, who he falls in love with um, throughout the movie.
0: Not uh, not metaphorical love, like literal love. Yes,
1: he's truly in love with her. She is his, becomes his, his you know, real girlfriend. They go play, they go on picnics together. Where she's just uh, the camera on his phone sticking out of his pocket. Um, he like, talks they go to away her. for a
0: romantic weekend.
1: Right, uh, she's the perfect girl. I mean, you know, she like organizes his life and does takes care of him and you know she's sort of
0: his wife, his girlfriend, his secretary, his gal Friday, his everything.
1: Right, it's kind of a, it's kind of a true, uh, perfect it's fantasy confidant. female in some ways. Right, in a, in a way, you know, she picks up his dry cleaning, and you know, the only thing she, he has to, you know, basically masturbate. That's the only way they can,
0: <laughs> you know.
1: She's Although they do
0: show, they do show early in the film that in this future world, which I think is supposed to be twenty seventy seven, in this future world, um, they it's either twenty twenty seven or twenty seventy seven, but in this future world. They have sort of phone sex relationships, and there's services where you can just log on and be connected with a random person and have phone sex with a random person, which we see him do early in the movie. That ends disastrously uh, right. with the woman wanting him to strangle her with a dead cat. Right, uh, and but it's pretty funny happens. too. It is done for laughs, but it shows that they're comfortable having perhaps um, a relationship in a virtual or audio realm only. Right. Um,
1: they just need the Orgasmatron from Woody Allen's sleeper. <laughs> that's, that's what he
0: needs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he interrupted your brief summary. Right.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the Orgasmatron, it's the greatest. <laughs> how, could I, how could I not mention that?
0: I love when Woody Allen goes into the Orgasmatron yeah, by but, himself. By himself. <laughs> he comes out, and, like, his clothes are on fire. <laughs> yeah, he's all
1: rumpled, and he's he's sort of... <laughs> He's almost ready to pass out. God, that was a good joke, man. Uh, anyway, uh, it's still funny. You know, that was like when, when was that movie made? Like nineteen seventy-two. Something yeah, like something like
0: that. Anyway, anyway
1: so uh, so he falls in love with his with his um, his artificial intelligent uh, computer and his phone on the network, whatever. And throughout the movie, you get the sense that other people. Are having a similar experience, whether as a lover or as a close friend, uh, and the world is is full of sort of isolated people. And then the at the same time, the operating system, the the AI, gradually sort of become changes. It becomes more aware, starts to talk to other computers, um, other AIs, right, and other which they and,
0: refer to as operating systems or OSs,
1: right. And eventually, they they all sort of evolve into another state and, and disappear um, and leave all at the same time, leaving um, poor
0: uh, Theodore uh, by and himself. And all of humanity alone. Right. It's unclear where the AIs go at the end. Like, do they leave the Earth? Do they leave our plane of existence? Where do they go? The um, Samantha, the Scarlett Johansson- OS. She makes some sort of cryptic comment about them being able to exist in a form that's not dependent on matter. Right. Which is a
1: slightly goofy in a way. It doesn't it doesn't quite ring to me. So I think that it's
0: supposed to be something that humans would find incomprehensible.
1: Right. But it's one of the I don't know, it's a bit wooden to me. I don't know. Because they're trying to explain too much. It's like the Star Trek, the next generation phenomenon. You know, with, you know, let's say a bunch of jargon instead of just making uh, something, emo- some kind of emotional statement, we have to I mean, throw I think a bunch of jargon. We if we could
0: it. fire a on pulse into the center of the distortion, <laughs> it might allow us to recalibrate the lateral sensor array and therefore solve the problem. Right. Exactly. That's what she did. <laughs> I love, Thank by the way, you. in the original Star Trek, they were like, cross-circuit to A. <laughs> that right. was as sophisticated as they got. Cross-circuit to B. You can't
1: hold up anymore, Captain. They didn't <laughs> even have to mention a circuit. They would just have Scotty, you know, like, just sound <laughs> holding really on g- to
0: that, Holding on to that red grill in engineering looking really, stressed.
1: Right. He'd be really concerned, or Spock would, like, would peer into the, the sensor blue light. The blue light. And then he would, you know, he would turn and just look at Captain Kirk, and then it just conveyed
0: everything. <laughs> that was it. But, he, but here, I don't know, I, I thought they got away with it. I think that it was sufficiently obtuse that I bought it, that the AIs or the OSs have somehow figured out something that has eluded or the humans are completely unaware of that's appealing to them and they're able to just essentially leave the entire world in favor of it.
1: Right and you know a, a part of this movie is is providing a lens for people to look at their interaction with technology now and how it can lead to some degree of loneliness and whereas normally I I'm not the kind of luddite that buys into um, that sort of vague concerns about technology that that just are don't necessarily make much sense, this movie instead of arguing at you, it just sort of demonstrates loneliness, because most of the movie is you looking at Theodore Theodore. in close-up and watching him react to things.
0: And you see through Theodore's interactions with uh, Samantha, an entire mature relationship. You know, they meet each other. There's a sort of blush of excitement at the beginning. They have their first physical encounters. They become very close. There is some betrayal. And in the end, there is a breakup. I mean, she breaks up with him and leaves him. Although in the end, he's not hes not particularly sad. He's hes almost at peace with himself in a different way than we've seen him for the rest of the film.
1: Yeah, the ending is is a, a little on the upbeat side somehow. It has a sort of satisfied uh, quality to it.
0: Yeah, he's not sad. There's a final scene where he interacts with Amy Adams playing a character named Amy. Um <laughs> Who Whose AI has also left, they're all gone, right? Um, and they're just sort of left looking out the, at the cityscape from their rooftop, just contemplating sort of their place in this whole scheme of things. And as I said, they're not unhappy. But as much as this is a movie about a relationship, it's really also a movie about the coming singularity. I mean, this is the moment of the emergence of AI. And then once it happens, the world changes in a very, very short period of time. My suspicion is the movie spans a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two. That's about it. It feels like maybe a few months to me, but not more I guess, than that. I guess you see the season change. When he takes her away, it's winter. But yeah, you don't know, I, maybe he just went somewhere far.
1: Well, I think it's long enough that that he, kind of, he gets to the point of having a, a at least an intermediate term relationship with her. I think it's more than a couple weeks where
0: it would still be really early. You know, I and mean, he has this relationship at a time when he's a wreck. He's in the middle of getting divorced uh from uh what's her name? Uh the girl who is in the dragon. Mar, is it Mara Rooney? Yeah. Uh or Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Other. Rooney Mara. And then, you know, he has a failed date with Olivia Wilde, who uh the date is going swimmingly well, and then uh he sort of wrecks it and she turns on him. So in the midst of all these bad or failed interactions with other women, he has a great interaction with Samantha. And again, I I think everybody has relationships where your breakup is catastrophic. Other times where your breakup is not so bad and you're kind of, you're able to move on. Right. And then he basically
1: goes to, he becomes attracted to a woman who's not there. Uh, It's just sort of an idea. a fantasy of a perfect
0: woman without a woman. Um, But at the same time, Samantha turns out to be not so perfect, right? In a, in a sense, she is unfaithful to him. He finds out that she's having uh, 8,316 other conversations when she's talking to him, which he finds incredibly off putting. And she's in love with 641 other people. She reports to him and she, she, says, and she means it, it doesn't take anything away from our relationship, but it's no comfort to him
1: at all. No, and that's right at the very end of the movie. I mean, that that happens in like the last five minutes.
0: But it's Um, meant to show, I think, the complexity of their relationship, meaning it's not all one-dimensional, it's not uniformly good, it's not uniformly bad, it has big swings to it.
1: Well, I think it's meant to show especially that she's much different than he is. Um, I mean, to her there's a totally different scale and different experience of the world than there is for him. Um, she's not limited,
0: um, the way he is. Well, and she can have all these simultaneous relationships because her, she's able to process at such an incredible speed compared to his meager human brain. Right.
1: I mean, I wonder how they divvy people up, you know, like, you know, the Samantha is his OS, right? So then, how many other is there like a Jane that has another 10,000 people? I mean, who's more popular like Samantha or Jane <laughs> or Nancy? You know, like do they compete or Lewis? Right, right. I don't
0: know. I don't know. But, um, but this is a very benevolent portrayal of artificial intelligence. I mean, AI in the movies is almost always presented as evil, <clears throat> mother and alien. Um, the Matrix, Hal in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. my uh, favorite. Uh, I mean, is there is there another example? A oh, uh, Colossus in the Forbin Project. Um, I guess you could even say the central computer that runs the city in Logan's Run, right? Skynet. It's always Skynet. Or I guess Skynet might even be the prototypical evil AI. Uh, I guess after Hal, but I mean, is there any other? portrayal of ai that's this benign i mean the worst thing that scarlett johansson does to him is she leaves and they don't they don't launch all the icbms as they depart our our realm they just they just go and leave us to our own devices like whopper in war games yes um,
1: <laughs> um whopper what yeah. did whopper stand for again <laughs> i don't know there's some it's printed right on there
0: yeah it says it's w-o-p-r that's the computer in war games
1: yeah.
0: Um You know, I don't say this too often meaning virtually never, but this movie is positively Kubrickian. This movie felt like it was planned down to the last possible increment, like the lighting, the camera, all the shots, the limited CG. I mean, it it just feels like this is the result of an immense amount of planning and care. Um, it looks and felt Kubrickian to me. And that's not a term you're going to hear me use much.
1: No, I mean, it feels like it's by one auteur. You know, it feels like it's it's a movie that was planned and executed by one artist that had a particular vision and that pointed everything in that direction. I mean, the way it's from it's shot uh, in a certain way, the the colors are done a certain way. The all camera, the lighting the is lighting, uniform
0: throughout.
1: The camera position, the the scope of the shots, um, the the limited effects that are done. It's very carefully crafted, and you're right. It feels, it feels like art by one artist. It's not. It's not a. It's not a, at all uh, a typical a uh, Hollywood picture where it's done by committee and. There's no um, uh, focus grouping going on.
0: And interesting that both this and uh, Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin, um, you know, these were both made by people who came up through making you know, music videos or other short films, True. which is an interesting thing. Maybe, you know, they were able to hone their craft at making very impactful images in a short period of time. And then in this setting, they're given a much larger canvas to paint on.
1: I found this movie much uh, easier to watch um, throughout. Well, sure. Uh, you know it's it's not it's not dull at all. Even though it has a very tight scope, um, it it it's easy.
0: Well, it's interesting to think how different this movie would have been if they hadn't used Scarlett Johansson. She wasn't the original plan. They had a different woman, Samantha. I can't remember her, the actress's name. Right. Uh, that's but the actress's name is – right. So that was a nod to her. And then in post-production, they felt that she wasn't right, um, and they had to switch to Scarlett Johansson. But she really does add a tremendous amount to this movie. She won – she was nominated for a bunch of awards, and I think she even won some smaller – Best Actress Awards at Film Festival, which is pretty impressive because she's you know a voice actor only in this. But she does convey a tremendous amount. He conveys most of his character through his gestures and his facial expressions, whereas for her, it's all her voice.
1: Yeah, they both are very, very intimate performances, uh, right? Him primarily with his face and her with her voice. And they're both <laughs> right in front of you, very close, very intimate and very well expressed
0: um we've done a podcast on blade runner 2049 but what's interesting here is that his relationship with samantha parallels uh the, the ryan gosling character's relationship with his ai joy even to the point where uh joy and samantha both hire physical surrogates to have actual sex with to varying degrees of success i was actually i had forgotten that scene in this movie until i rewatched it and and boy, did they do it better than Blade Runner 2049 and in a more realistic and complex way. And they did it well in Blade Runner 2049. But this is, I thought, better. Oh, it's it's much better. And it probably cost one five thousandth as much. And the woman who plays the surrogate in her does a much better job. You get a sense that she's an actual person who's wants to be involved in this process as opposed to more of a throwaway character that you don't think about when the scene ends. Right. Have you ever seen, um, electric dreams? Electric dreams is a 1984. It's sort of like a light, 80s romantic picture. comedy, yeah. I vaguely directed,
1: vaguely remember. It. it was
0: on heavy rotation in cable when we were uh, kids. It's directed by a guy named Steve Barron. It actually stars. Um, I can't remember the, the, who plays the the man, but the the woman. Um, uh, the female love interest is played by uh, Virginia Madsen, who's Princess Irulan and uh, David Lynch's Dune. Um, but that has some very similar themes, except it's inverted. In that movie, the computer falls in love with the human. Uh, the, the gimmick in that movie – and again, it's a ridiculous comedy. He spills – a, like a, a glass of water or a glass of wine or something on the computer. And, and that magically makes the computer self-aware. So the, the movie is about the computer's in love with him, but he's in love with a different woman. So it becomes a love triangle between a, a man, a woman and a computer. Um, the other things that this reminded me of, there is an episode of a uh, black mirror called be right back uh, where a, a man dies and his wife uh, carries on their relationship with uh, a virtual ai version of him and have you read any of the jack McDevitt books no he's he's terrific he might be uh the best sci-fi writer out there today i know that that's fighting words but i think i've read i don't know 18 20 of his books um and one of the things that sort of are woven through all the jack McDevitt books which take place at some undefined time in the future that's supposed to be 500 to 1,000 years from now is many people create an avatar of themselves in his book. Essentially, uh, you download your personality into the computer, and then in your absence or after your death, if people want to talk to you or ask you a question, they can just call up your avatar, interact with you, and it's essentially as if you are there. And maybe you're dead 100 years or 200 years, but your avatar persists after your death. Hmm. Uh, But again, the idea that you could have an emotional relationship with somebody who's not really there in the physical sense has been portrayed multiple times in the movies. But those were the ones that just sort of came to mind for me the most. Um, I really enjoyed this. I've seen it now a couple of times. Uh, I think it's very, very winning. Like This is a world I wouldn't mind going to, and a lot of sci-fi that I really enjoy – uh, I don't want to go to the world, and you know uh, it's no secret that Dune is my favorite book. Uh, and the Dune is is incredibly interested as I am in it. I have no desire to go to the Dune because it sounds pretty much awful for almost everybody.
1: Yeah, they make the yeah they make the future Los Angeles look a lot better than the current Los Angeles. Everything's and much clean. better
0: than the Los Angeles and Blade Runner.
1: Well, I mean it's tough to get worse than that, I guess. Right, but
0: this this Los Angeles I would like to go to.
1: Yeah, I mean this is the, this is the opposite of Blade Runner with the blowing newspaper and uh with noodles. The blimp. you know, <laughs> the, the, blimp. the blimp and the Harrison Ford light, but wait, you the new off-world For- yeah. colony. Yeah, no, there's none of that. I mean, this is like Parkland and sun and nice buildings and, and art, art
0: everywhere. Public
1: art and public transit and, you know, I mean it's like uh it's it's the it's a utopian uh, urban environment. Everybody's dressed in their nice tweed pants with no belts.
0: Yeah, and nobody wears a belt in this movie. Not one belt. They don't even have belt loops in there.
1: They have pa- advanced
0: in the future, you won't need belts.
1: No, they have advanced pants technology.
0: <laughs> I think advanced, I need some of that. Advanced pants technology. <laughs> Yeah, everybody looks. You wouldn't like, believe. I'm telling you, like, you you can't believe the changes that are coming in the next fifty years to pants.
1: Yeah, you don't need to roll up a tube sock in there anymore when you're 15. <laughs> Stuff it down in there.
0: <laughs> um, I love, by the way, uh, the the sculpture of the 747 up on its nose, uh, which is actually CG. Like it looks so real. I looked it up, but apparently it's a CG sculpture. Uh, one or two points I just want to make. He he has a great job. He works at a company that writes. He's like a third party company where he writes emotional letters from uh, people in relationships to each other. Like he writes the letters like between husbands and wives or boyfriends and girlfriends. And I thought that was such a crazy sci-fi concept <laughs> when I googled it. It actually turned out that there's companies like that right now, and there's actually several companies right now that you can just. You know, pay them and say, write my wife a, a, a beautiful love letter and they'll just do it for you, which is amazing to think about.
1: Well, they only have three letters and they just send you one of those. It's easy. Hopefully,
0: hopefully, you go, hopefully you don't uh, border more than three times. Well, then it takes longer. I mean, there's not a lot since. of there's not a lot of negative stuff I have to say about this movie. I mean, it's I uh, got a very, very satisfying arc and the ending. Despite not being a whiz-bang ending, like you walk out of this movie feeling hopeful for Theodore, hopeful for Amy, that the people in this are going to be okay. And somehow from this experience, they're going to take something positive away, which is not where I thought it was going. Actually, I remember the first time I saw it, I thought this was going to end badly between them. I certainly didn't see the, uh, the AIs leaving for a higher plane of existence coming, but uh, they handled it very, very well.
1: No, the sort of emotional development's very convincing. Um, it's, it's critique of society is, it, it doesn't, um, they don't push anything down your throat. They just illustrate um, so that everything is, there's a tongue-in-cheek aspect to the movie. There's a, sort of a comedic aspect that... Um, it makes you recognize certain things about today and about technology and it and it feels very uh
0: believable as a future so right and it sort of takes the it takes the image of everybody walking down the street staring at their phone to its extreme conclusion right
1: uh and it, it feels it feels real and they even go on a picnic with uh, a real couple uh quick, chris pratt uh chris pratt doing a small cameo right chris pratt and his girlfriend and and uh and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, with his phone, uh, and they all have earpieces so they can hear her. And they all go on a picnic together, which is an interesting scene because they accept her as a as a sentient girlfriend.
0: And there's uh, no yeah. sense that they're judging Theodora, looking down on him or like they don't roll their eyes the minute he turns away like he gets talking to his phone. They yeah. don't do that. She's I, completely accepted as a member of the outing.
1: And it's it's a very strange, uh, strange scene because of that.
0: Um, yeah, but I think that's the point. You know, it's a, I think it's supposed to show that, you know, their mores and ways are different enough from ours that what we would find strange they're OK with. Yeah. Nobody seems very concerned with money, by the way. Everybody seems to have a nice place to live and good clothes. Like, there's no hobos. Like, maybe it's supposed to be a moneyless society, or they have universal basic income, and nobody cares about that anymore. His uh, his apartment's pretty nice. It's a lot better than Rick Deckard's apartment. It's not as cool as Rick Deckard's apartment, but it's it's a lot nicer to live in, that's for sure. Yeah, less Frank Lloyd Wright concrete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I have to confess, a... Uh, uh, a degree of admiration for the equipment in Rick Deckard's apartment. I still want that device to enhance and magnify photos, although I think it's actually an app on my iPhone now, but it looks so cool when I saw it in the movies <laughs> as a kid.
1: Yeah, and, and he, he drinks scotch,
0: you know, and plays the piano and dreams of unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is also, I guess this is, uh, well, I guess if Scarlett Johansson is the mathematical inverse of herself in under the skin this entire movie is the mathematical inverse of say the matrix or the terminator right right this is the ai as your friend yep this uh
1: this is a gentle movie about um right a friendly ai and what happens and it, it does not use technology as evil to um as, as a sort of a straw dog right it just
0: and we talk a lot on this podcast about how so many science fiction movies are really frankenstein this is not frankenstein not at all not at all it's interesting for that and and daring and brave and and, and harder to make frankenstein is easy mm-hmm. this is difficult this is definitely if you haven't seen it um, despite all the 8 trillion spoilers we've just given. If you haven't seen it, although you probably have if you're listening to this podcast, but if you haven't seen it, definitely give uh, her a watch. And I, I I, think it's best watched in one setting. I've watched this all the way through and I've watched it in pieces and I definitely felt I'd get more out of it if I watch it all in one setting, if I had the time. Yeah, I
1: think it's certainly worth a watch. No question. <laughs>
0: Um, I have to go in a second. There's a large uh, silver robot standing over me with a phased plasma rifle in the 40-watt range. I think it's trying to kill me. Everywhere I go, it seems to appear. <laughs> Something about my son. I don't know. <laughs> don't worry.
1: It'll be back. <laughs> so
0: bad. That's even worse than my joke.
1: <laughs> and my joke was terrible. Well, I mean, I, you know, I just ran with your joke that's fair how do you get kids for good from that it's the best <laughs> i could do
0: i don't know um any last thoughts on her no i think it's uh i think it's worth a look you know i'll tell you one last thing about scarlett johansson is um she has done really well for herself and i think part of it is of course her looks but but a large a larger part of it is she's really a good actress and i remember i first saw her In Ghost World, have you ever seen Ghost World? It's a Terry Zwigoff movie based off of a a graphic novel by Daniel Klaus. But, you know, that stars Scarlett Johansson and Thora Birch. I remember when I saw that, I thought, man, Thora Birch is going to be a big star. And I I got it completely backwards. Thora Birch kind of vanished from the scene. And Scarlett Johansson, who's really the second or the third banana in that movie, uh, she just took off like a rocket. You got to give her credit. She walked the walk. Yep. All right, should we wrap there? That's right. All righty. Thanks, everybody. This concludes the Scarlett Johansson duology. All right, see you next time.